the lonely landscape of the Chatham Islands, where the coronavirus probably won't ever arrive. Published March 1, 2020. From Whitehangi, the bustle-free capital of the Chathams, I headed north again. This was the area with freaky lonesome volcanoes and wandering cattle. The roads are lonesome themselves, and long. They often traverse unfenced private or tribal land, whence the wandering cattle. The landscape reminded me of the remoter islands of Scotland, with lots of rocks and heather, or something like heather, as well as black basalt and attractive but cold beaches. I sort of expected to come across a whiskey distillery at some point. Here, too, are the most nature reserves and wetland walks on the island. At Port Hutt, a little town in the northwest, there was a wrecked ship, the HMNZS Thomas Curl, not to mention the usual beast. There are several shipwrecks on the Chatham's shores. There's a web page about them. The Port Hutt area is also famous for its basalt columns, like the ones that form the Giant's Causeway in Ireland. The biggest accumulation of basalt columns, apparently, is at Oira Bay east of Port Hutt. I took photos from a distance but they didn't really do justice to this incredible formation. You can see some better images of the basalt columns at Oira Bay east of Port Hutt on a page by Southern Alps Photography. You can see that they really are a lot like the Giant's Causeway. Toward the east, I went to a place called Harpupu, which seems to be the last bastion of the island's famous Moriori dendroglyphs or tree carvings, the youngest of which are probably getting on for 200 years old now. As the rather small copy trees on which they were carved don't live for much longer than that, the carving in the wild won't be with us for long, although, as the trees expire, the carvings are being preserved in museums and in local cultural centers. The area around Kainaroa, further toward the northeastern tip of the island, is a great stronghold of the local fishing industry. I saw the fleet in harbor. And a boat on another day, when the sea looked like molten lead. I came across a monument to a Moriori named Tarotoro who was shot in 1791 by the crew of HMS Chatham, the ship after which the islands are named. The monument also includes plaques dedicated to people from the Chathams who have been lost at sea since that time. And I went to a community dinner at Kainaroa, where I hoped to have Weka, a local delicacy. Weka weren't native to the Chathams, but they were introduced some time back and now the locals even refer to themselves as Weka. Getting on to that community dinner, we had weka pate which was nice, and weka stew, but the fish was better. What I really enjoyed about the fish was that I had a real selection, blue cod smoked, blue cod raw in coconut sauce, freshwater crawfish and crayfish from the sea. At the dinner, a speech was given by Mana Cracknell, an academic expert on indigenous culture who was born in mainland New Zealand of a heritage which included Maori iwi or tribal affiliation and Moriori descent and who now lives on the Chathams. Mr Cracknell has for years worked closely with Maui Solomon, of the late Tammy Horamona Raho Tommy Solomon's family, to revive the knowledge of the Moriori. At the dinner, Mr Cracknell talked about how the resources of the Chathams and their surrounding seas had often been plundered, with nothing much going to the locals. In the 1980s it had been crayfish, at present, there is an application for mining phosphate on the islands. Mr Cracknell also described how, when he was smoking fish on the beach, he was surrounded by the bones of early Moriori ancestors which often emerged from grave sites, and who had actually been murdered on the beach in droves in the earliest era of Maori conquest. He said it had given him sleepless nights for two weeks. It shocked me too, as I didn't know too much about that. He said that rather than fight, 
The early Moriori had said to wait seven or eight generations for everything to settle down. Which is quite far-sighted I suppose, though it did not do them much good at the time. I visited the new Kopenga Marae of the Moriori. It's only a few years old and therefore quite a bit more flash than the older Fokamaharatanga Marae of the Maori people on the island, at Teonai. The Marae contained preserved dendroglyphs, and a carved pole with the names of 1600 Moriori who lived on the islands at the time of the Maori invasion in 1835. There was a sign showing that it was at the antipodes of a village in France. I wonder if the crew of the Zanbar and the Eroine had known that this was about as far away from France as it was possible to get. Finally, I made it at last to the Thomas Mohitayu to Oranga Ika Reserve in the southeast. This involved hiking over heather to a low forest, a good day's hike that I hadn't been able to manage the first time I was in that part of the island. The Tayuta walk was a bit scary, as there were wild pigs there, and I nearly got lost in the impenetrable jungle, perhaps as a result of taking the wrong sort of trail. I had planned to go to Pitt Island as well. But the air service to that island is very hit and miss. A while back the motor of the plane they were using to hop between the islands blew up on the runway and Pitt Island was without a plane for nine months. When I was there some group tours had cancelled, so they weren't as busy as normal and so once again there weren't any flights available to Pitt Island. Perhaps I will get there myself one day. And so concludes my series of blog posts on the Chathams.